There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. It's that time of the week again. The Rugby League rant, fifth and last. Put on your headgear, chuck in your mouth guard, and get ready for an hour of nothing but NRL talk. And we welcome you to the fifths, our award show. It is that time of the year. Unfortunately, the rugby league season is over. But uh, first of all, we'll be doing our grand final recap. The Bulldogs going down to South Sydney, who broke a 43-year drought, 30-6 to brock. They did, and I picked the score. Picked the score on the podcast last week, so I'm going to give myself a bit of a wrap before we get things... Uh get heated. Mm, MG went 23-16, I went 30-12, to 12, you went 30-6, to 6, and I uh, don't remember who had Clive Churchill. I, I went Burgess. I went Burgess as I've well. I've gone back to back. I think everyone almost went uh, clean sweep on that, but uh, looking at the game, we obviously went. Yep. Um, that We watched the other games, pre oh, the pre-games as well. Um, I think I said... It wasn't the uh, under-20s. Under-20s grand final was just building a reputation as being... Oh, just a crazy game. Yeah. It's been a crazy game the last few years. Like, Penrith led by a lot last year. The Warriors sort of surged back. Mm. Penrith ended up holding on. Uh, and, you know, this year again, uh, the Warriors got out to a massive lead and then Brisbane came back, had a kick to draw it at the end. Uh, it's just... It's it's a different style of footy, 20s. Um, but it, it is enjoyable very, from, very a, uh, from a spectator point of view. Yeah. And... and I think the NRL really needs to have a look at making it. it attractive by reducing the gap between the kickoff in the Holden Cup and the NRL. I think you'll get a lot more people over to watch those games if you didn't have to wait an hour until the NRL kicked off. Yeah, well, I'm Especially a, if you've got kids. I'm a massive fan, and from the start, everyone said I was biased uh, being a part of the system or having been involved in it, and people saying bring back Premier League and flag or whatever. If you, if you do it in some format, fair enough. But I, I don't think you could scrap the idea or the concept of the way it's done. Mm. I love the way that it's done. And, uh, like and I, said, I like the fact it was relegated as the first game and then they had the, the traditional reserve state grade. championship. That was great. Yeah. It was great how the day flowed. But the Warriors, a lot of people at the end there, I look saying, oh, they didn't deserve to win. I don't think you, you look early joke. on in the game. What a joke. They lost their hooker immediately. They were dominant. They lost their hooker to concussion. One of the bench forwards, I already forgot his name because I can't pronounce it, dislocated his shoulder early on, Yeah, played on the rest of the game, and they had Mason Leno, same deal. He was, he he was struggling early. He dislocated his shoulder twice during the game. So they almost went most of the game with three or four busted players. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, uh, I think they. Brisbane, it's very difficult as a coach to get teams like that to play for the full 80. We oh, know that. 100%. We and know that. Also, you know, the, the two Nicarima brothers, they were very damaging around the ruck. Uh, <laughs> The Warriors did get tired. It doesn't help, like I said, when you don't have bench players. But Sam Lasono, the big front runner, Ken Marmolo, uh, Brad Lowby, the fullback, Solomon Cutter, the centre. They're a very powerful team. Cutter talent. was, in my opinion, the classiest, most dominant player on the field by mile. I think, he is, I he think is the captain, a future superstar. The captain Lasono needs some credit. His kickoff returns were ridiculous. They the kept kicking eight. him. 
No, the front row. Alola here, I thought he was good. He had some nice touches, but probably I thought he was a quiet, bit of involvement. Yeah, he he was very bit, quiet. But the touches he had were good. No, I thought Brad Labby. Uh, good players coming through for Brisbane. Good signs for Wayne Bennett. Something to work with. Nick Arima Brothers, Opachak, uh, Jordan Drew has already played some first grade. Joe Offerhengau, Offa son of Willie, the, no, the big front row, uh, I think. Or is he a nephew uncle, or something? Yeah, his uncle is. Uh, he's a good player. He was very epic in the front row. So, uh, good clash. The State Cup, I said it the other day that I wasn't happy about the line, and I thought that was a joke. And surprise, surprise, the I Pride won. Um, sorry, we didn't go through. Did you uh, give Nick Arima a rap for the Broncos? I gave both yeah. Nick Arima oh, I think Arrow was good as well. Arrow was pretty yeah, good, yeah. Lock. Alex Barr. Gronky, yeah. he's got some good players, but the yeah. State Cup, I said it last week, that it was a joke, everyone said I was stupid, Penrith were going to destroy them. Who Look, said you were stupid? Plenty of people. No, oh, mate. But uh, who, won, on the show. who won the game? The Pride won the game. They did, I backed them as well. And it's not um, the first time, I've said it with the residents the last few years, when the bookies have given massive odds against the Queensland residents, and they've won. Yeah, I thought Ben Spina was man of the match by an absolute Epic. country mile. He Blake, was sensational. Blake Leary was good. Still off contract, Spina. He was at the Cowboys this year. How the hell does that happen? Uh, how, how does a guy like him not, oh, well, he'd probably not get, get a run? He'll either get re-signed or he get picked up. He has played yeah. first grade for the Cowboys. I'll tell you also I liked was that um, Hezron Murga. I thought he was pretty good. Well, he was signed this year. He was on, I told you. Well, he was supposed to be the he next He murdered it last year. Yeah, but he had a knee injury until mid-year. So mm-hmm. he didn't start playing until around June, July. Yeah. So, you know, he had a lot of time off. I'm happy. Uh, obviously, the number six, he didn't have a great day kicking. Sean Nona, but he's heading to Melbourne. He's replacing Cody Walker, who's off to Souths. Yeah. Uh, Penrith, to me, just... Penrith are okay. Oh, they were uh, okay. Kieran Moss was excellent. You can, you can put the, oh, he put dropped the loss footy. down. You can, no, you can put the loss down. Enona Bully dropped the ball line wide times. open. Yeah. Wes Nagrama uh, dropped a couple of key... Bombs at critical stages that led to pride. Mostly dropped the ball a couple of times as well. Um, the back three had a really hard day, error wise. Yeah, and they I made thought Kevin Aguama was the absolute standout in the back line. He was brilliant. Mm-hmm. Um, but Kieran Moss's support play is very underrated. He pushes up on every play. Javid Bowen is a player in uh, in Kieran Moss, that's for sure. Javid Bowen, good day as well. Another hat trick. Two men of the matches in the first two games, both hat trick getters. And uh, moving on to the main game, a little more detail, obviously, for this one. We all thought South would be dominant. We didn't think there'd be enough points in the Bulldogs. Have to give them a massive rap, though. They held on for such a long time, and I really thought they were going to get blown out of the water. But at the end of the game, they were just... Well, they did get blown out of the water in the end. Torn but, apart. I don't uh, think that's a true reflection of the game itself, though. It wasn't. They, no, they, no, they no, were, I mean, Souths were dominant, but the Bulldogs did so well just to hang in there. It just seemed like it got to 14-6, and then that was it. They packed yeah. up. They realised they couldn't score twice. They had that one set, Canterbury, where they sort of rolled down the field a little bit, threw the ball around, made an error... South go down the other end, and I think it's Arvau put the ball down, game over. Yeah. Uh, and and the, then after that, obviously, they ran in a couple of late tries. Orville got the clean-up try, and then early on, he set up the first one for Johnston. He had a really good game. Well, I think Kiri deserves a lot of credit from that. Oh, that jumped, had shape he did, on the he did right. jump the short side, but um, you've got to give credit for the pass. Orville, oh, definitely. Orville, but but, but Kiri had the foresight. Orvar doesn't get the ball unless Kiri snaps it down the short side. I thought Luke Kiri, uh, he just added that little bit of creativity for South because I think... If it was Reynolds and Sutton, they would have gone right there. Well, they gonna, didn't have that play. I am going to bring, I am gonna bring it up now. You didn't agree with me in the year with that move, but would you say now that was the right way I to go? Don't, I don't think it, it was the move that you were talking about isn't what eventuated. Yeah, it was. No. John Sutton played as a back row purely no. on the left-hand side like he does, out of the action, and Kiri coming to play six. No, well, and then they swapped it around, and at, at different stages, Sutton was playing six. Yeah, well, that only happened because of the Isaac Luke situation, yeah. but I'm saying, in general, no, I, moving Kiri into play first grade, do you, now, well, obviously, do you still disagree with him? No, I didn't disagree with the move. My argument was you can't have too many cooks spoil the broth. Well, they didn't. They put John Sutton where he belongs, running the ball on the edge. He's not a ball player. No. Yeah. 
I, he's I a still, great ball player. Yeah, but I, I don't think it's that's exactly what's happened. They've just uh, enabled them, put three on the field and enabled them to all have a different role. Um, Isaac Luke obviously was suspended, but they, they didn't miss much with Coruscant coming in. No, they had a better replacement. They, were, they were fine. Anyone who doesn't know anything about Coruscant, again, uh, during the week that was speaking... Well, it's probably Isaac Luke five years you know, prior, isn't he? Like, he looks like he's going to be that sort of player. He's got the same build. He's a similar player. He gets out of dummy half. He took his opportunity. He's only small. He doesn't shirk the task as far as contact's concerned, but... Oh, well, look, I think Kiri, Kiri obviously had the, desire, uh, the desired effect on the team. I think, you know, my my argument earlier in the year was I would have dropped Adam Reynolds. I didn't think Adam Reynolds was playing well enough to be yeah, justify his position. Also however... the pair together. No, but however, Adam Reynolds is back to his, his better form. Yeah. Michael McGuire showed some faith. They straightened him up. Um, I, I thought, if you go back and watch the game, the first 20 minutes, Adam Reynolds' kicking game was horrendous in this. Oh, it was terrible. Final. But I go, I go uh, to where but, you go earlier in the year and I look at them as a pair. They're predictable. They needed that unpredictable factor. John Sutton is not well, a natural yeah, six. I, I didn't have bringing, a problem with uh, bringing Kiri on bringing the bench. Kiri into the mix brought the right balance that they needed in the halves. Yeah. Sutton, well, but then again, if, if what if Isaac Luke plays and you know they they got four guys there, so it was working fine weeks before. They were a strong team. I don't have a problem with it. But uh, my argument earlier in the year was is that I didn't think Adam Reynolds justified his position. I thought Michael McGuire sort of danced around dropping him by sticking with him and then moving pieces elsewhere. Regardless. Which I, as a coach, I think you need to pick your best player, you pick your form player, but yeah. it's come through now. And you no, know, my argument then was I would have just had Kiri on the bench. No. And you saw that against Parramatta at Parramatta Stadium. Yeah, um, it was a, it was a, they, were, they were winning that game. It was pretty much a wasted sport. You'd rather have Coruscant. Yeah, no, well, they, they weren't winning that game. They were up by two, and Kiri went out there and set up two tries. And yeah. I think that was a little bit of a shot in the arm for Adam Reynolds. But he, he needs season. to start. He straightened everything up for him. He takes a lot. Well, yeah, he gives that unpredictability, which yeah. helped out Adam Reynolds. I never thought Adam Reynolds needed to be dropped. I thought that needed a shake-up. Mm. Early in the year, their whole attack, their whole setup was stagnant. They needed a spark. No, they I needed thought Adam Reynolds was a reason. Needed a natural six and I think and Adam Reynolds is a reason why they, they came good. Oh, we'll agree to disagree, but I think the Kiri move needed to happen. Sutton needed to yeah, go where it belonged. We're not disagreeing on that. That was It's obvious. Luke Kiri's a first grader. Yeah, but I mean, that, to me, is the shot But now. how you then configure that... If you don't put Luke Keery in the first grade this year, I say it right now, they don't win the comp. Nothing changes. They were struggling earlier in the but year. But that's not they what we're disagreeing on, so I don't know why you're carrying on about that. That's Luke Keery playing first grade was a no-brainer. Yeah, that's the, not what we disagree the reshuffle. on. The, the reshuffle. The reshuffle is a reshuffle. My argument was that Adam Reynolds wasn't playing good footy, and he wasn't. Yeah, but Simple I think as that. that's a result of what the setup was. That's what I'm getting at. That's what I'm I don't at. think he played any better football with Kiri there. They were struggling that's, that, with that the pair of his halves. I thought he got better when Kiri came in. I thought they got better when they were all, Everything fit, they were all on the field. Because at different stages, they were all on and off and in and out. So consistency builds combinations, and that's what they got at the end of the year. It's, it's, it's not rocket science. Yeah, well, the game anymore, I think it was I thought James Graham was the best Bulldogs player by... Well, he was Links the, he was the villain Links. hitting Burgess early on with his head. Uh, that, there was nothing to leave No, nah, I'm not saying that, yeah, but simple. That. Then he KO'd Dave Turrell with his melon as well. Well, I thought the two the two after that were questionable, the, the head contacts he made, but it's a tough game. Uh, I was pretty... Not Josh Reynolds, he had some had some nice touches, but... 40-20 was nice when GL was asleep. Uh, but otherwise, you know, I thought the back three for Canterbury were just dominated. They got picked up and wheelbarrowed back. South's defence on play one and two was... Yeah, you know, sensational. 
the way they rolled the middle of the field on play one two was a difference. Thought Finucane did his job. Josh Jackson tried hard, but For, I can't understand. Pretty why much all around, they couldn't get anything going. I don't know why Pritchard didn't get on earlier. He why, was the only one. Why didn't he just start Pritchard? And why oh. didn't he just start Finucane? Why don't you just start your best players? Well, Eastwood have been good during the final series, so I can't blame him there and bringing Finucane on. But the one I don't get is Tony Williams. I looked at some of the ratings saying that he was the best player. Uh, on the field for him. You're an idiot if you thought Finuc- that. Did, wasn't Finucane going on and playing prop anyway? He's playing, He's playing tight. He's playing tight. So why not just start him tight? Well, he starts with Eastwood. I'd rather start with Eastwood than put Finucane I'd rather start there. with Finucane. But uh, Eastwood didn't... None of them really and had... And I would have started with Pritchard. None of them had the desired impact on the game. Moses in Blyer, solid feeling at nine, but that didn't really make a difference. The biggest... The biggest surprise for me was that he defended him in the middle of the field. The key figure, and I said this during the week, and we all talked about it, the Ford Packs, they may have a big Ford Pack, but they don't play the way they should, the Bulldogs. They were outdone 1,800 metres to 1,000. They were absolutely rolled over. They were killed in their own half. They were trapped yeah, in red South's zone. Game. That, that's that South, is South's game. South's are going to out-metre any side. But you know, South's, they, just, they just roll down the middle of the field. They're, they're brilliant at it. But South's have also got a better edge as well. That's my, the one thing. My, I'm just still scratching my head at... You know, when you're going into a sword fight, you know, you don't take the same sword your opposition has got. You try and change it up a little bit, have a point of difference. They tried to play exactly the same game South did. They tried to play the same game they play all year, which is... I just don't, low, I don't po- get it. Low point scoring, boring, kick it in the touch, slow it down for the piggies, and their piggies don't do what they're supposed to. There's a couple of yardage sets towards sort of the 25, 30-minute mark where the Bulldogs sort of went pass-pass to an edge, got down, played it quick, got a couple of penalties... And then obviously went down the field and Tony Wounds made a couple of key errors in offensive or good ball situations. But I thought they might have taken some uh, some solace out of out of the results they got out of that. But they just never went back there. They The Bulldogs forward struggled to get back on side. They were relying too much on their yardage carries from their outside backs. But yeah. Yeah, it was a frustrating game to watch. I think Des Hasler tries to outsmart himself. He, he needed to just... You're not going to beat South through the middle of the field. So try and beat them on the edge. Genius or not, I don't think they'd beat them on the edge either. We talked about it before. I think they had a chance. I think the middle of uh, South Sydney was better. I think they had them covered in the halves. And then at the back, they don't have a Greg Inglis. They don't have a Walker. They don't have an Orvar. They don't have a Johnston. Josh Morris is supposedly their key backline player. And to be honest, I still stand by what I said last year, and I'll say it again. He's overrated. He plays for Australia, and he plays for New South Wales. Yeah, he marked up on GI a few times, but what is he literally doing that's really game-breaking or damaging out in the centres? I think he's highly overrated. Their key area, and I'm still complaining about it, and I'll keep complaining about it, they go to buy Fafita when they've got a million forwards. Address your back line. You need some strike power. You well, need they, they, look very similar you need to, uh, they look very similar to South this time last year. Obviously, they, South have got a great fullback, but the issue with South Sydney, and we had this discussion after they were knocked out last year, was the fact that they're just struggling in their outside backs. They this knew. year, they had Johnston come in. They, they knew Harvey they had come in. There. They had Walker, who they were playing at 5'8 for God knows they why at the start of the year. They had injuries. Uh, but, you know, he went back into the centres. And then you had Lottie Takiri, second coming of the man. Yeah, they just uh, need to plug fixed that, that one fixed hole. Fixed that, oh, no, four holes, really, because you got rid of Merritt. Um, and I can't, I can't even think of who was playing centre before. That was Bryce like Bo Champion and Bryson Goodwin and these guys. They're not going to win your comp. That's the difference. No, they're not. But compared, they finally had the outside backs to, to complement their more the Bulldogs have got running around. I mean, Mitch Brown but and Corey I think, Thompson and unknowns. Like, Bryson Goodwin has played for New Zealand, even same. if you don't want to agree that he's a rep player. I don't think he's a rep player. But they're still the same standard. They're not competition winning backs. Bo Champion's another guy who's played City Country. I'm not agreeing again that he's a rep standard player because he's been injured the whole time. It's the same standard of player. But I still think they had a better not good enough to win. The they're not good enough to win the comp. And the bench. The bench was a big difference. Tom Burgess comes on. Jason Clark's massively underrated for me. 
Jason well, Clark has end of the year is good. A very, I think all the time he's been good. He's yeah. got a strong set of legs. He fights for meters. He always finds his front. They've struggled to put him in the ground. Tom Burgess. Punches above his weight. Kyle Turner. Been a great buy this year from the Queensland Cup. Yeah. Filled in a lot of holes. Uh, just all around. Really good effort by them. But 30-6, to six, true reflection, I think, at the end of uh, their dominance with the football. Completion rates. I thought they beat him in every facet of the game. Uh, kudos to the Bulldogs for holding on for so long, but yeah, I, I did never, I never had a feeling there that the, the Rabbitohs were under threat. That's for sure. The one try come off that I did. different stages. I thought the momentum shifted clearly in that second half um, and peerage during the first half, but Canterbury weren't able to sustain pressure. South just did a good job. If, even if they weren't scoring points, they had the ball down the right end of the field and. I think they were 19 from 20 in the first half, which is unheard of in a grand final. Well, Steve Mortimer slammed Hodgkinson. I agree with him. He said he, pl- he was nowhere to be seen whether he was injured or not. He shouldn't play. I know it's a grand final, but if he declares himself fit, and we had this argument, I think, game two of Origin when they were talking about playing Cherry Evans busted instead of just putting Hunt in. I'd just rather a guy who can actually play rather than just trying to patch somebody up and play a game. And we didn't see Hodgkinson at all. He did nothing. It's hard to... Hard to uh, marshal a game when you're coming out of your own end all the time. I know that, but still... What did you want him to do? He didn't kick. He didn't kick off. He couldn't do any of the tasks. He obviously had a problem I with his name. I don't, I don't I can't feel as though that's for, a reason for not reason taking control. Well, who, who plays there then? Then boy. I just would have picked somebody who can actually play. Okay, and then who plays nine? Bring Cook in. Like no, you, you get smashed. Because he actually is a nine. No. But if he was injured or that badly impaired... Well, we don't know that. We don't know how, how injured he is. That's well, he couldn't kick off, he couldn't kick goals. So, obviously, there is a decent enough an issue. problem, so he couldn't use There's an leg. issue, but that doesn't and mean he didn't that he's kick not fit enough to play. So, all his roles within the team, or all his dominant roles, the kicking roles, he did none of it. Josh so Reynolds what? took over all the kicking. Josh Reynolds did a pretty good job, too. He, he kicked the 40-20. He did a pretty good job, but it I was thought pretty he kicked, one He kicked very well, Josh Reynolds. He did kick well. But I'm saying when we come back to it and he talks about the health, it was similar to earlier in the year when they picked Cherry Evans. I would have rather just go with Hunt. I know it's not exactly the same level. It's a level game that New South Wales won with five to go. Or standard of replacement, but still. If they if Queensland win that game, we're not talking about it. But it's... Well, I didn't think he had a you good game. You've got to go with your best players. Mm. Well, if he was busted, I didn't see him all night. So well, yeah, but what I'm saying is when they complete 19 out of 20 and you're constantly coming out of your own end, what do you want him to do? Go in and carry the ball? Some up. kind of involvement. Get your hands like on the what? footy. Don't want him to carry it. But they would, nothing was organised. They played a forwards game all night. They didn't touch the footy. Yeah, but I mean, and then you hear Des Hazler, like that's their that's their structure. You hear Des Hazler say, complete, complete, complete. Yeah, so complete. how do you complete? You play boring out of your own end, and that's what they did. No, they needed to win a grand final. Look, I'm not arguing with you. I just said that I, I don't understand. Know. I don't understand the I'm tactics that they employ. Simple, However, I'm simple. telling you that that's the that's the way they play. That's the way they play. But the simple fact of it, they're trying to win a comp, and your halfback just. Not what, do you, what do you want him to do when they're just told to not, not make errors, not make something. errors, not make do something? Yeah, okay, make an you error. Lost and the then, grand, you did not do anything in the grand final. You played an error. Well, I don't think. I don't think, was I don't think it's as much as you didn't do anything. Zero. I think it's you need to give South credit and say they didn't I did allow give him plenty to of do credit. But Josh Reynolds did plenty with the football. I tried playing with the football. Well, I thought it was exactly effective, but I mean his presence was just unknown. Yeah, but he's just Josh Reynolds is a different player, different type of player to what seven still needs to be involved. I didn't feel he's yeah. I agree, but I, I just think you've got to give South more credit for the, how well they completed. I never felt uh, they were going to ever lose the game. And they were brilliant. Hodkinson is a victim of the structure that Des Hazler employs. And Straight up. Because, I mean, again, you're talking about who scored the winning try for New South Wales in the Origin Series. It was, it was Hodkinson. Mm. I just think that, that structures, you know, a lot of the time for a player like Hodkinson... 
you know, uh, affect his game in a large scale. I still, you know, if he was injured, big look, game. If he was injured, I, I, I agree. If he if he wasn't uh, big fit players, enough to play, yeah. and they and they played him, that's it's stupidity. But big players in big games are structures or not. Well, I also trying to win the competition. He was he was on Tony Williams' edge, and and Tony Williams just I, I don't know. It was it was ordinary. Well, summing it up, the one thing we haven't mentioned, probably the most talked about thing all week, Sam Burgess, fractured cheekbone. Incredible. First tackle of the game, four plates in his face. Uh, he had a depression in his face, clearly, we could see at the ground on the big screen. A oh, depression. And I'd have to say, I've said it again, George was very close to taking the call of Churchill. I think if he doesn't well, play... Well, let's, let's put it this way. I'll give you a hypothetical. If if Sam Burgess doesn't break his cheekbone, and George who gets Bur- it? If George Burgess... No, just everything equal, Sam Burgess doesn't break his cheekbone. Who yeah, and George doesn't miss 20 minutes with a concussion. You got to take that into account. He got taken off wobbly hours as well. Yeah, I understand that. I'm just saying, all things being equal, if Sam doesn't break his cheekbone, do you think he still wins at Clive Churchill? I, I think he probably does. Well, it depends on that concussion too. I think. You okay, take... so you're, what you're saying is, if he de- if he doesn't get concussed, George was affected as too well. Many George, George got taken out. Take both those injuries away and look at what they done in the game. I thought George had a massive role in that win. Yeah, well, the try he scored was incredible. Yeah, but all these carries were ridiculous. Yeah, yeah but that was too. that was I think the defining between the three. That versions. was that was the area of the game where I started to get worried. I was like, well, South are starting to play a little bit sideways. Well, Canterbury are sort of getting them, and he busted the game he up. Broke the no game. doubt, and he was absolutely epic. I think he was pretty bloody close, regardless of the fractured cheek. That was at six all, wasn't it? When he scored that yeah, try, scored and try. it was just a really grinding period of the game where I thought the Bulldogs were on top. Mm. And uh, obviously, probably the only thing to read into this, they were talking twenty thousand dollars. Then I read fifty, I think, a fine for the Bulldogs well, for the delayed game. They need a fine. I said it to you at, uh, during the while it was happening. Yeah, know, this is clear. The Bulldogs are trying to delay oh, the Rabbitohs, and it was annoying as a spectator too when they play the the Bulldogs. Song yeah, but I said it real early, and, and you could see because it, they flushed up onto the big screen. Oh, they just they, they weren't even huddled, and then Hazel was talking to them, and then they huddled up, and then they stayed in the huddle. And well, other point, they um, sort of toddled out. A lot of argument, obviously. Sam Burgess come out so he doesn't really remember the game. Concussion, are they going to get fined? So, uh, obviously, the NRL had their rules. I don't understand how uh, comments from a player can affect whether he was concussed or not. Well, like, they're talking about concussion now, they're talking about injury. If, it, if should he, they be in trouble for such an injury? Like, you know, we got the rule, one yeah, rule, but, so what's the, for concussion. But, but what's the protocol then? Okay, so Sam Burgess oh, cops a, a crack to the head, first tackle of the game, right? Mm hmm. Trainer goes out. He knows he's got a busted cheekbone. Does it, just because I've got a busted cheekbone doesn't mean I'm concussed. No, well, he's come out after and clearly and admitted that he was heavily concussed. I'm not saying that he has to come well, out. Well, no, he didn't admit he was concussed. He admitted that he didn't remember the game. Yeah, so clearly he was concussed then. or knocked out. If he's been bucked. But I, I, I don't think he ever he ever stopped and he was knocked out during that period no, of play. He got up and played the ball. Don't need to be knocked out to be concussed. Yeah, I understand that, but I I, I don't understand. But now they're also if you're going to go and find South, what are you taking? What do you, as the NRL, what evidence are you taking apart from his comments to say that well, he was concussed? Well, that's what they're going on, and leaving him on the negligence to say that in that situation, obviously they had a head knock. They didn't take him off and do the stat. Look, I mean, either way, you're not gonna you're not gonna get to a point where Sam Burgess is gonna say, yeah, they should have taken me off, and I would have come off. No, I know. And secondly, but it wouldn't matter how big the fine is for South Sydney. No, they don't care. They don't care. And I'm fine with I just think there's a, there's a there's an element of control that the NRL have, but in the end, until they get an independent doctor, they stop the game when that happens. First tackle of the game, they stop it. They get an independent doctor out. 
they adjudicate whether he's concussed or not, and they make that decision. Mm. And You're not going to have any equality or any consistency with concussions. A lot of people say what about injuries now as well. So we're fine with the concussions to come off with stat tests and be cleared and come back on. Well, I think it's a bigger but issue in fo- the fact that you can just go and get but surgery and repair now. it. You can't get surgery on your brain and repair your brain. No, nah, but they also talk, and the doctor said that if he had one more bad enough knock around there, he could have been completely blind in that eye. Because he had a fractured eye socket. And yeah, but he bone. clearly knew the injury he sustained. He knew the injury. And he clearly chose to play on. No did, one. But they're not saying anything, whether he chose or not. They're saying, should he have the right to choose? Or should the trainers do their job when someone's that severely injured and act the same way they sp- are supposed to? In the oh, concussion I think, I think they're professional athletes. That That is his, uh, you know, the shining highlight of his career. I, I think It is, but they're saying, uh, well, that's what's been written plenty about. The injury it rules similar. The severity of the injury written similar. Uh, is in the circumstances of a concussion. If someone's that badly injured or that, why are we... So we're saying so, he's got a broken jaw. So that's jaw. fine. We're happy with someone to play on Busted, but we make such a hoo-ha about the concussion. No, I think it's totally different. I think concussion's totally different to a, to a, a physical, just direct impact injury to muscle or bone. I think it's totally different. Mm. For me. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm not... You know, if I'm I had a player... And, and, and you could put this hypothetical, I guess, to me as a coach. If I had someone who I thought was severely concussed... Uh, but I thought had the choice whether to bring them on or off. You clearly bring them off. Mm. If, however, I had someone, uh, you know, break a hand or break a break a bone or, or, or sustain a, a heavy, you know, ligament injury, and they they said that they could play on, and I thought they could, I wouldn't have a problem keeping them out there because I think it's a something obviously that can be repaired. It's not having a long term effect. It might have you know arthritic. Uh, implications well, later on in life. We've again, all got them. Um, I think you get them from manual labour. I, I think the brain, you can't repair your brain. Going no, back to what I said brain, earlier, you can't have surgery on your brain, mate. I, the blindness as well. It's, you can't get your vision back, Well, either. that's stupid, yeah. And, yeah it's, that's what it's I'm getting stupid. at. When I, when I talk about a broken arm and, oh, yeah, we can stitch it up after. It's not even the an argument. Afterwards it's not an argument. It's the, not the, even the, an the argument. The damage that if there was a bad enough knock again, which he was lucky he didn't get hit around the head, that he could have been completely blind. And I'm not disagreeing with you. It's a stupid, stupid even suggests that it's not crazy. You know, it is crazy. But if you were him... It was awesome. In your way, no, 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 I'm, no, I'm not knocking it. I'm, I'm bringing it. If that was up. you playing in an NRL grand final, would I you keep playing? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. But I'm so, not. I'm not making the argument saying that he should have gone off. I'm just. But I think up there'd the be people listening. There'd be people listening who, you know, whether they've played not professional. We haven't played professional sport. We've played semi-professional. Uh, you know, but there'd be people who may may have never played a, a minute of sport in their life that listen to this and and would think, you know, you guys are crazy, but. I think that you need to, uh, you know, maybe flip it to what, whatever is the highlight of your career. What sacrifices would you make, or what would you go no, through in order to have that? I mean, and and I'm just people the would make up. a lot of. Yeah, I agree, but with I've you. done stupid things as well. I've just no, no, no I'm, I'm not saying that, but I'm saying no, for people who've never played a game of sport, on. you know, that have are in business. What sort of risk would you take to get the exactly. ultimate reward? But the psyche you know? you're talking about, I can't knock what he's saying because when I did my first ACL. Well, because we've been there. It insinuated from me dislocating my knee and being told to stay off, and then I said I was fine, got it strapped up, went back out, and then I did my ACL about 10 minutes later. Yeah. So similar kind of circumstance. Didn't want to miss a grand final that we're playing. But I'm just bringing up the topic as yeah, we've, we've written. All, we've all had injuries and played within the ru- Within the rules of what they're bringing up. But so I don't understand. What is the rule? Well, they're talk- obviously with the concussions, we're supposed to take them off, do the stat test, assess where they're at, 
Yeah, they, okay, they're saying then, they've pretty much completely neglected we, that because they know he's heavily concussed. How do we then justify then what causes about a concussion? And the possibility now when the doctors come out afterwards and said he could have been completely blind if he got a bad enough okay, shot again. But how do we, so how we, do they we know? So are we to just let that go now as well when we clearly know he had a fraction How do they know that, that he had a concussion? Well, the doctor and the trainer would have been pretty no, clear what from I'm the saying head knock he got. But he wasn't wobbly. He Sam Burgess wasn't wobbly. Well, he they got they up, still he was didn't fine. really check him. They told him to go straight back. He turned around. But I think, that's, I think the, the things that, for me... you know, but we like, all do that. We all turn around. The, the things for me that, that teams have been fine with are when players have clearly been knocked out, stayed on the ground for an extended period of time, or they've got up and been wobbly and stayed on. That's when, when, that's when teams have been fined. Well, we've seen what? Sam Burgess didn't show any of those we've signs. Seen, I just don't. I don't. You can't. But we can't. We've you don't know what he's feeling. You we, don't know whether he's concussed or not. Like obviously, you can. You got some sort of idea. Well, they assessed him at half time clearly, and they've brought up what they've brought up. Yeah, now, but their only uh, their only method of judging that is by looking at him. And for me, looking at him, he looked like okay. He had a fractured cheekbone or a fractured Still bone in his face. Head collision, of course, but. Doesn't need mean you know, that you get hit in the, around the eye socket eye area that you can't sustain a concussion. Look, I just think independent doctor, you have to stop the game. Independent doctor, clear cut rules, and then you've got to maybe next year you've got to take a game away from someone that does, uh, you know, break those rules. Yeah, well, something needs. To I think they've got to be they've got to be more ironclad than what they are. Mm. Well, enough about. But it was a tremendous tremendous act of bravery. Oh, huge. Uh, it took rugby league back to what it is. It's a it's a sport sport for warriors, gladiators, and his effort on the weekend was nothing short of outstanding. To, to play with that and you know putting that all aside, he looked like Bear Grylls after Bear Grylls got attacked by the bees. Stung by the bees, yeah, hundred uh, percent. His face was severely swollen, and to go through that and and be the best player on the field. Uh, was it was a fantastic effort? Yeah, well, they're a brilliant team. Uh, had a fair few rookies come in. Obviously, you're talking about Kiri, Orvar. Turner, Walker, all these kind of guys. They did a very good job to mix those guys in. Um, and I had them, I had them sliding this year, South, just because of their yeah. back line. Well, I, said, I still had them second, and I said I thought they'd be around there. We will obviously get that next week when we do our season reviews yeah. and look back at what we uh, said about them. But I said I wasn't as worried about the back line. I had all of our playing. It took to around six. He got in. Uh, they did a great job. They did a very good job, especially the young kids is what got me more than anything, how well they've come in and mixed in with the older blokes and won. Uh, next year, different set of circumstances. Bulldogs... Say it again and again. Uh, they did well to get there. They're trying to get the Matty Utea brothers. They're trying to get Brett Morris. Well, they've got the Matty Utea brothers. They're well, still... not until after round 13 next year is that deal confirmed. Newcastle have right or reply. Because are they there next year, the Matty Utea They've still got a deal. Oh, okay. So it's right or reply until round 13 next year. Nothing's in concrete yeah. yet. But uh, they need to fix the back line. Simple. And they need to be more creative. Des Hasler needs to open his mind up and learn how to score some points because that's not going to win you a comp. That's twice he's tried to have that mould. That's two grand finals. You still got the two massive rap storms. Yeah, they've got the two grand finals, but surely you want to take the extra step to win. Something's got to change in that setup. Yeah, the forward game's not uh, enough, and playing that boring style of football to get him across the line twice now. He needs to have a look at his manly roots, I think, and bring a little bit of creativity or find You've a player. You've also got to have the players there to do that. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. But he's got obviously got a ridiculous amount of money to spend if he's looking at the Morrises, the Matty Uts, and everyone, and they were going for feeder. So utilise what's at your hands. He's, he's in a much better financial yeah, you position. You can also only, only buy what's available on the open market as well. I, I'm not disagreeing with you, but... Well, they've never really had a crack with the tools you got. any backs uh, since they've been there, though. It's been a pretty one-way... Well, they, they're, they're on the market for Brett Morris. Yeah, right now. The first three years he's been there, there's been absolutely well, zero... He obviously, obviously knows. Productivity he in the back line. But something's got to change. They've got to be more creative. Uh, Leash is coming next year. Uh, yeah, different set of circumstances. We'll see how that works out. Good effort by him. Five grand finals last eight years. Maguire, 
two preliminary grand finals runner-up. Then he got the job done. First premiership. Great job by him. Great job by South. We move on now to the fifths. It is our award show. We're going to do things a little bit differently to last year. Last year we had awards mixed around uh, players of our in our teams of the year. Our teams of the year are, are can be different and probably will be different in a few spots. But instead of naming them in between awards this year, we're going to do all of our awards, and then at the end we're going to do our individual teams of the year, our coach of the year, and then the player of the year. So we'll start things off. First award, rep player of the year, Brock. What do you Hain. got? Jared Hayne. Well, mine's the same. Uh, I thought Jonathan Thurston's probably the only one you could consider. We well, looked... you, I know you were saying during the Dalyams that you know the World Cup comes into consideration. Well, that, that's how they award it. They took into I consideration how you can win. Well, he won a million awards, Clearly... and him and Hayne were the most dominant. But obviously, from well, the origin, World Cup was last year. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, well, they're going the rep period though. In got, between um, the last awards and this Thurston year, got player of the tournament. I think at the World Cup. Yeah, and Jared Hayne was very be, good. Uh, That'd be recognition enough. But he tilted, obviously, uh, New South Wales over the edge this year. If Jared Haynes not there, we don't win the series. I think no. that's quite obvious. Shut so up. Uh, he wins that award. I don't think he had to get much more depth. The only one I'll probably give a rap to is Corey Parker. I think he's brilliant at Australian and Queensland level all the time. Super consistent. Yeah. Top player. Uh, we move on now. Most improved. So, obviously, you're more looking at a player, someone who's been in grade, not debuted. Um, you know, probably hasn't had such a starring role or been talked about or been on the back burner and they've just shot out of sight. So who have you got? I have Mitchell Pearce. I think his, his football uh, between even the start of the year to the end of the year was incredible. I thought he was the sole reason, or he was carrying the Roosters, considering they had Jake Friend out for different periods at the back end. James Maloney clearly not playing his best football. Uh, the fact that we've hammered him uh, in for years and years and years about the fact he doesn't run the ball, he doesn't kick very well... I thought his kicking game and running game went to a new level, and I think there's only bright things ahead if he can continue to improve at that rate. Yeah, well, my most improved is Ben Hunt. Uh, yeah, he's been in grade for a little bit, but I think on the scale of comparing him a lot of players, he was shunned for Darren Lockyer and Peter Wallace and then Scott Prince. He never really got his opportunity. There was nothing justifying why he, he could He was with Prince. He, he spent the year in the halves with Prince. No, he got a couple of games. Peter yeah. Wallace was there for the whole year. Yeah. Only at the back end of the year, he got four games. So they never really gave him his opportunity. This is in this yeah. preseason they put six halfbacks there. They had a couple of blokes from twenty, Zach Strasser, Nick Arima was said to be the favourite. He gets the job easily this year, uh, you know, besides Jonathan Thurston, the best half in the competition. Yeah. He had no help at six, he barely had a fullback, takes the line on more than anybody, scored a great amount of tries, ridiculously at least double the amount of line breaks than any other halfback. He's an old school natural half. He's not afraid to take the line on. Huge raps to him and probably special mentions to Michael Morgan. I think he improved out of sight this year and he had to play a completely different position. Yeah. And Blake Austin's probably the other one. I think Blake Austin, very undersung at what he did at the Tigers there in the short period of time, the amount of positions he played. Yeah. He improved out of sight as a first grader. But Ben Hunt, for me, most improved. You've got Mitchell Pearce. But now, on to Rookie of the Year. Uh, I've gone Alex Johnson. Yeah, we both have. Yeah, Clearly. I, you can't give it to Luke Brooks. He was... Uh, you know, he played a couple of first grade games prior to this season. Yeah, he, he was tremendous. He only played the one. He was solid, but I thought he flattened out middle of the year. I know things changed. He had some injuries and whatnot. But if you want to talk about uh, an all round year for a rookie, twenty one tries in eighteen games, yeah. absolutely ridiculous. And he replaced the club's greatest try scorer and long term winger Nathan Merritt. Like to dethrone somebody like that who was almost seen as royalty uh, to that club, and you wouldn't have seen it coming. And do what he's done is uh, pretty amazing, but. Brooks, you have to give a rap. I think Paulie Paulie from Parramatta, coming in as a 19-year-old, played a lot of football. 
Yeah. Uh, Dallin, he had a pretty good year. Manu Mayo. Yeah, Manu Mayo, a bit of an older rookie, but still. Kirazami Ulva won a grand final on the weekend. Sione Matty Uteo, so there's some pretty good rookies this year. Yeah, I thought Matty Uteo, if he played every game... Oh, he pre- seven in tries in seven games. He would, have, he, would have pushed, uh, he would have pushed Alex Johnson all the way. Mm. But, uh, Particularly awesome. considering the fact that Newcastle obviously played at a much lower level to, to what South Sydney produced week in, week out, mm. and the effect that he had on that side. Well, I think it's clear that Alex Johnson's going to be a rep player going forward. Well, you'd like to think so. That was a, a very like big, to think so. very massive year for a 19-year-old 21 The challenge is backing it up. Yeah, 100%. Second-year syndrome, we've seen it before. But uh, super sub. Last year, James Seguiara, head and shoulders above everybody winning this award. Who's your super sub? I had Dale Finucan. I thought... Uh, I could almost make an argument for him being the most consistent forward at the Bulldogs this year. Obviously, James Graham would probably get that gong Josh ahead Jackson, of him. But close no, I think he, I think he was better than Josh Jackson. To be honest, I, I thought most games he came on, he rattled blokes, uh, he played big minutes, um, and I, I still scratching my head at why he can't crack a starting spot. Yeah, well, mine's Vaughan, Paul Vaughan. Uh, ridiculous amount of tries off the bench, meters, offloads, impacts you know, in a team that clearly lacks. Uh, you know, a, a decent... Well, same again. I can't understand why he's not starting. Yeah, well, poten- potentially the word was, uh, you know, that Ricky Stewart sees him as a better player coming off the bench, starting with White and all that. But any time he was on the field, they were a better side for it. Yep. Players like him, Croker, Fenson were pretty much on their own at all stages of this, our stages of this year, along with probably Milford. So, uh, yeah, massive year to score eight tries. He got his first country jersey, first kind of test around reps and almost 3,000 metres. Very good as far as errors and missed tackles go as well. So he was probably the only real pure bench player besides Finucane that I looked at and thought they've you know they've come off every week and provided a big difference. We move on. Worst coach, like I said before, we're leaving best coach until the end with our team of the year. So worst coach, Brock, what do you reckon? Uh, Matty Elliott. Matty Elliott getting the flick again? Yeah, I just... I, uh, I don't really understand why they employed him to start with. Uh, he's... Hasn't really had success anywhere he's gone. Mm. Had a little bit of success at Canberra, I guess. Long time ago now. Uh, got Penrith to the finals at one stage, but um, you're only as good as your record, and um, his record isn't overly impressive. And the fact that they employed him, uh, you know, after the players clearly said they didn't want him was crazy. Yeah, pretty ridiculous. Well, I go on Steve Price. You've wanted to knife him. Could have went. I've been wanted to be knifing him. I've been smashing him for three years. Yeah, well, this is the final time. Yeah, well, I'm going to look forward to it. It finally happened. He came out and said at the start of the year, "I finally got the players. I want things going to get better." And then they proceeded to win a couple of games and are at the start of the year and got everyone excited. Only to realise later in the year, that the first three teams they beat were all in the bottom half of the eight. They lost six in a row, and they finally come to the decision that it was time to get rid of him. Yeah. No game plan. Crashed the Ferrari when he first got there. And they signed him to a two-year deal, like, yeah. like what, two, uh, a year earlier, so... Yeah, so there you go, Steve. Get that in the, the Ferrari finally did crash. It only took three years for him to figure it out, but... Well... Could have went the easier route. And... I also don't think Wayne Bennett left him with a great uh, roster and... Well, still, sort of three years is a long time to turn things he around. He did have three years to prepare himself and for And he it. did zilch. And he also knew before Wayne was leaving, what was coming. So that's even sadder. Most people walk into these jobs last minute. He was there for a couple of years knowing the circumstances, yeah. and he still wasn't prepared. So poor old Stevie Price. Special mention must go to Ricky Stewart, continuing his losing ways. He did avoid the spoon just, but, uh, yeah, he went to Canberra and carried on his good work, as we all know, going to clubs and, uh, yeah, 
just going down the Googler. So, thumbs up, Ricky. Excellent. Have fun next year with that Anthony Milford and uh, CSL the Island, a couple of bucks you did buy. Tops. Underrated player is what we move on to now. Who do you think, Brock, underrated player in the NRL? Could be... Uh, I had Jared Croker. Jared Croker. Massively underrated. Mm. Put him in a, uh, a decent side and... I thought he was unlucky not to play Origin, but I think the fact that he is underrated was probably the reason he didn't get selected. I think probably another thing being considering we had Canberra, what, we I had don't think Josh, get too much love in that regard. You know, after what you've just said about Josh Morris, uh, in regards to you know playing for New South Wales, I, I think on form, uh, Jared Croker was clearly playing better football than Josh Morris. The only defence I can make in that circumstance, and Canberra fans do know it, he's not the greatest. Uh, edge defender, that's probably is his one weakness, so in a rep arena, but he can play on the wing, he can play centres, can score a try, I think he's deceptively strong, seems to beat people you don't think he's going to beat, and he's a great goal kicker too, so mm. and, uh, he definitely hasn't slowed down, he's been in a, a bottom of the table side for a long time, he's always their top point scorer, and he's always pushing for the NRL's top point scorer, very underrated player. For me, uh, a few names were probably Farah, I think Aiden Tolman, but I went with Aiden Caesar. Aiden Caesar. Um, you know, he missed a good part of the year, but I think along with Albert Kelly, when he's there, he got more of the raps uh, just for the explosive play. But I think with, without Aiden Caesar there, the Titans are just shot ducks. Well, they are. He's the fact a that super they, they led the competition while he was fit, and they ended up down the bottom when he went out. He's a super player, I think, massively underrated. They do talk about him here and there, give him little bits of raps, but I think he is one of the better halves in the competition. And yeah. if he was in a different side, it'd be a very different circumstance. Uh, especially. He's one that could beat the Bulldogs still if they would. They didn't have to do too much to keep him there, but the Titans obviously did more and saw the potential in him. And uh, long term, I think that was a great idea. But uh, what about overrated player? Overrated, difficult. I'm going to go for Nate Miles just in the fact that I watch him every week and then I watch him play Origin and the effect that he has on the team. Uh, I don't. I don't know whether he's just over the Titans. He might just be over it. He's just he knows he, the fact that he's looked over first grade. He looks over first grade every year until he plays Origin. Mm. I, don't, I can't ever really think of any blockbusting times besides his time at the Bulldogs. I, I thought he was poor when he was at the Roosters. Just as a fan, disappointed to... You just expect more out of a guy that plays Origin and... Um, and for Australia, ...that too. you're paying a big big amount of money to. Mm. Well, I, I thought about James Tarmow. I also thought Jamie Lyon. I still think Jamie Lyon... He's a, he's a good player. He's a good player. And he, on, Jamie Lyon, and on his day, he's a great player, but I still think he's overrated. He's Dally M Centre of the Year, mate. <laughs> he wasn't the <laughs> Mate, anyone who voted for that, and I'm, I'm not the only person, I've heard it in plenty of outlets. How he got Centre of the Year this year is a joke. Mm. It is an absolute farce. But Tony Williams gets overrated player for me. He got back in Origin. I've got no idea how. Laurie Daly, one of your best. Uh, at club. Mate, we won the series. Two years in. Yeah, and he played. How many long did he play? He played we won the 20, series, he, mate. He played 20 minutes in yeah, one game. Yeah, he's a champion. He was terrible in the grand final. He's come out and finally admitted it was about the money. Duh, thanks for that. We all did, couldn't figure that out ourselves. Um, it's been oh. two years now. It's been two years. You, you know, before he left Manly and had that short little stint there where they won the comp, uh, he was probably the best back row. Looking at it, when he played for Australia, New South Wales and Manly that year, and it's been three years since. And I think every year, um, you know, people do give him a little bit of stick, but where are you, honestly? So know. much potential. Could be an absolute world beater. Would love to see him just wrap it every week. Just tear it up. But, um, yeah, I, I still think very overrated. Don't know how he got back in New South Wales. Would like to see him play some of his best football because I think it'd be a sight to see. But at this point in time, uh, still very overrated in my eyes. But move on to a, a better award, the toughest player. Sam Burgess. Yeah, well, I think uh, Kieran Foran was one we both thought of. But you think about the rib injury, Sam Burgess, broken ribs early in the year against the Bulldogs, went back on. 
Uh, got needled a couple of weeks ago for his adductor to come back out and play another win, and then the grand final was just ridiculous. The grand final, straight up, and the broken rib, straight up. Mm. Sorry. Just playing. And just the fact that he just plays tough, plays then, big minutes, plays year, in the middle of the field. All year they've said it the other day. He's been needled up ridiculously in rehab constantly. Yeah. Um, you know, just trying to keep himself on the park. And uh, you, didn't, you didn't see him weighing at all. It didn't matter what injuries he had. His form never dropped. He had an outstanding year. Yeah. He, he led from the front every time he played. And he definitely didn't show any signs of being so busted up. So massive wraps to him. But the dirtiest player. Yeah. Who is your dirtiest player? Michael Ennis. Michael Ennis. Mine's Josh Reynolds, so we're on the Bulldogs again. <laughs> well, after the knee that we, we widely uh, circulated that Josh Reynolds threw, or threw, I don't know. What he you fell, remember? He, he fell, he, he tripped, fell. sorry. Uh, and hit Matt Robinson with, that was pretty bad, but just all in all, I think Michael Ennis probably took things to a new low, in my opinion, at the back end of the season. However, I'd also like to say that I think the referees had a massive... Uh, role in the fact that he, he was able to do it, he was allowed to do it, um, which disappointed me. But yeah, well, mine's mine's Reynolds. Reynolds in the grand final, I think, just summed things up at the end. There, things weren't going his way. Throws that forearm, gets put on uh, report again. Uh, he had the triple reporting in that Bulldog, uh, that Broncos game, tripping, uh, head kicking. highs, kicking, all kinds of things. In Origin, he just threw Brent Tate and tried to kill him. Didn't get charged for it. Yeah. Can't figure it out. And just week to week, just heaps of niggly crap, slapping, all kinds of things. He's just a grub. He may hate that, <laughs> he may hate that nickname or say that he's got to live with it and he can't change his way because it's what got him here. Fair enough, but he is a grub. Simple. Yeah. But he, uh, he'd probably own that. Special mention to Ben Teo, too, just for attacking arms and not caring in his last year in NRL. He was tops. He was pretty dirty, but he embraced it and he smiled about it. <laughs> In the sports years the other night, I said to you, oh, I laughed every time because the ref about five or six times was like, Ben Teo, don't work the arm. Mm. I was like, wow. Ben Teo's like, I don't care. I'm going to Linster. I'm, I'm taking whatever I want. Pretty much. I'm just going to eat somebody up. So, Michael Ennis for you. Josh Reynolds for me. Bulldogs all the way. There you go. There's two awards for the Bulldogs. Plus, Tony Williams being overrated. They're cleaning up. <laughs> Killing it. But comeback player for this year. So, someone who was injured in 2013 or had just an absolute Barry Crocker. Um, you know, whether it be off-field or on-field or being cut or dropped. We've both gone a half for yep. this circumstance. I've um, gone Jamie Seward. Yeah, I could have gone the same, but I thought I'm going to go Chrissy Sandia. Yeah, well, Jamie Seward's team made the finals. Chrissy yep. Sandow's choked. Well, Chrissy Sandia did a fair bit to float Parramatta this year. I think he won a lot of games. Kicked very well, kicked a million 40-20s, got back to his best, and he wasn't on a farm betting with Owen, uh, Owen Craigie like he was last year and wasting his potential. Hey, so. I think I'd, I'd like to spend a weekend out on the farm <laughs> betting with Owen Craigie, I reckon. <laughs> and on top of that, uh, you know, I just thought he had a massive influence this year. I know Hayne got a lot of the credit, but Chrissy Sandow was big. He was good. He played aggressive. He kicked a lot of 40-20s. I probably I owe Chrissy Sandow a beer for how much money I've made off just backing yes for I a 40-20. I think Chrissy doesn't need that. you to buy him a beer. I think he might have had a few doubles on himself again. And yeah. if he did, good on you. You're a Maybe. smart man. It was always seemed to be shorter odds than every other game anyway. Yeah. Still took them, but... They don't, they don't trust Chrissy anymore. Still took Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 
Book him. Yeah. The, the night that he kicked that uh, 40-20 against the Bulldogs, a big controversy night, yeah. I was celebrating in amongst all Parramatta fans who were blowing up. <laughs> I was the only man there standing with my hands, you, you know, just, pumping. Just worried about your bet. I was. Yeah, I wasn't well, there. I, I would have liked to have seen that game go for 10 hours and them all to pass out through dehydration. Big change of circumstance for both those players from last year. Jamie Soward, uh, you know, outcast at the Dragons, went to London Broncos, disappeared off the face of the planet. Led on his own, pretty much, along with Matt Moylan and Seguiara guiding Penrith once Wallace went down. And Christian Sandow, like I said, he beat Jared Hayne for the player of the year at their, at their club. So that's how highly they thought of his year this year. And um, yeah. I think it was pretty evident, the change in his and attitude. And Hayne won the Dalian medal. Yeah. Thought on Parramatta. Oh, I agree with that. Can't even get that right. Good year. Fallen player. Now this, the flip side. So someone who's gotten in trouble, injured. Uh, oh, no, not injured. Sorry. Just someone who's either been in trouble terrible form, was at a very massive high last year and has just fallen off the face of the earth this year. Who's your fallen player? My fallen player is Nathan Merritt. Nathan Merritt? Played Origin last year uh, and this year couldn't even keep his first grade spot. Uh, didn't turn up, I'm hearing, to functions last week. Nah. Grand final celebrations. And I'm not bagging the bloke, I just nah. think it's sad. Way. It's uh, just the way that, I mean, he's going to go down as the greatest try scorer in yeah. South's history and the way it's ended for him has been sad. You look at someone like Anthony Minicello, who's been celebrated and widely publicised, and you look at Nathan Merritt, someone who has had, you know, if not, he's obviously not the equal of Minicello, but he's he's up there. He's yeah. played a lot of games. He's been, been great for South. He's stuck, stuck by them for years and years when they were no good. Mm. Uh, and I know when I was sort of... Growing up, 18, 19, he was the man. Every year, he'd, he'd top the try scorers list. Top try scorers in a points. team that was in the, you know, regularly in the bottom four. Incredible effort, and I think it's just sad that the way he's gone out. Yeah, well, I've got to, I've got to give a wrap, even though this is a more sadder thing. To Michael Maguire, he made a massive call. He kept of him course in, he did. He kept him in at round six, and he's a talisman of that team. But he virtually led him. I'm not saying he just left him there for the sake of it to get that record, but he did. You're going to have to look at it that way, unfortunately. Oh. Well, no, let's be honest. Yeah, he right. dropped him the week after he got the, the you know, the, the record. scoring record, yeah. So I've got, I've got to give him one thing there. I don't know if he sat down and talked to him, but that's that's pretty hard. Yeah. Hard thing to do. You're taking away somebody who was equal with Benny Waring. He took the record, never played. He got one or two more games after injuries there again. Didn't yeah. get back into first grade. So that's a massive call by Michael Maguire. But, yeah, pretty hard circumstances. I, I can, I'm not going to bag him for missing functions either. I'm sure that broke his heart after being there for so long. Some, along the lines of someone like a Sutton. He's been there for all the dark times. He didn't get to win the comp. I know some might say that's selfish, but I, I can't blame him. I'd, I'd be pretty emotional after missing out on such a momentous occasion after being there uh, for what, such so a So you wouldn't time turn up that stuff? I would turn up, but bloody hell, it'd be pretty hard to after yeah, you know right. being there for so long and then seeing all those blokes just having such a great time and you've retired and everything's kind of come to an end in the way it has and yeah, but surely all the effort that you've put in. Yeah, I know. You know, you're, you've had you've had a a big influence on getting the club to where they are. Yeah, I know. Yeah, you know, and that was sort of a similar argument to George Piggins having turned up to the grand final in the fact that he, you know, oh, well, I haven't been to a game in six years or whatever it was. But mate, in the end, they wouldn't have even been there on grand final day. They wouldn't have even been thought of on grand final day if he didn't get them back in the comp back in, you know, all the way back in two thousand and one. I think it was. Mm. Well, my fallen player uh, was a tussle between George Tafua and Josh Papali, but I'm going to go George Tafua. As your fallen player. Yeah. Last year, just epic. Sherman Tank, probably the best winger in yardage, just bulldozer, score a try from anywhere. 
massive player. Had wraps on him to play New South Wales Origin this year. Started off O'Connor okay in his first few games after a shoulder record and then just had the sad puppy face every week for the rest of the year. I don't know if... But they all did. I don't know if Angry Jeff had a chat with him or something changed, but he got dropped for that semi-final. Um, you know, he just had a massive fall from grace. He was terrible under the high ball. Everything that I liked about him just went out the window. His confidence was absolutely shot. Yeah. And, uh, Very Papa, much a confidence player. Papali did play most of the year, um, you know, but for him, his circumstances, go from an Australian player to struggling playing for Canberra, and uh, just overall, he, he looked kind of similar. He, he looked more comfortable in his skin, like somebody who'd reached the pinnacle and maybe the drive just left a little bit. But, yeah. Uh, he needs to rediscover that because Canberra come up with the money to stop him from going from Parramatta. He's an Australian rep, and they need those big players to stand up because they don't have many. So he needs to rediscover that form and rediscover it very soon. But peanut of the year. So just the bloke who's just made an absolute goose of himself, ruined his club, got himself fired, just anything, done something silly. I think we could have both gone the same here. We've come up with different ones, but the most obvious one, I'm going Todd Carney. For the bubbler, need I say anything else? No. No, you shan't. The bubbler. Uh, I went I went Robbie Farrow just for the way that that whole coaching situation was handled, how it was played out in the media publicly, the interview on the footy show, uh, the constant denial that there was any you know issue when there clearly was between the playing group, and in particular Robbie Farrow and the coach Mick Potter, uh, and then now you look at the the end result in the fact that Gordon Tallis basically saved uh, he, he saved Mick Potter Mick Potter's job to the end of the year, um, and you know the end result was that he got the ass at the end of the year. And uh, I feel feel sorry for Mick Potter, and you know if, if I'm Jason Taylor, I'm a little bit concerned at the fact that uh, Tim Sheens has openly said that you know the players got rid of him, Potter. The players have got rid of Potter. It's not a not a real stable place at the moment, and I think there's already been an article. Uh, so you know, you could almost give this joint this award jointly to Grant Murray as well because the way he handled all that was yeah, terrible, pretty poor. And uh, no, you know, we're obviously in the business of talking footy, and you know, we love the fact that these things come out, and we've got plenty to talk about. But having an involvement in an NRL club, this is the last thing the club wants. Any club wants is to play this stuff out publicly, and no. you know that that comes back to leadership. Uh, and discipline, and I think Robbie Farah is a great player. I thought he had a massive Origin series. No knock on the bloke yeah, as a player. Play, good first half. No, of not even not even a knock on the bloke personally. I just think that you know he's probably let himself down and let the club down in this situation. Well, I uh, think not, not ideal. Yeah, he really put his stuck his arm in this one, didn't he? He took it all on himself. And I mean, it goes back to what he up. said. What he said to Gordon Tallis, and you know, there's a lot of people out there who don't agree with what Gordon said, or whether he should have, you know, revealed his source. I probably wouldn't have if I was Gordon Tallis, but he's his own man, and he, you know, he's big enough and ugly enough to make that decision. But well, I'm not going to lie. If I got a tat like Gordon did from all angles, I would have blown it up too. Yeah, because like I think I'm, I'm with Gordon. He was on the question. Everyone was firing at him, saying, "Where you got this from? Where's it coming from?" Mm. And uh, if, like I said, if you weren't knifing your coach in the first place, and then to say, oh yeah, that, that was last year, that was last year, and then we hear that Farrer, you know, was threatening his manager and was telling all the players that he had it under control and that they just re-sign and stay, and I'm going to take care of Potter. Look, I've heard a lot. Mm-hmm. I've heard, a, I've, I've heard a, you know, a hell of a lot of stuff that uh, I'm not going to go into on the pod because, again, it's not something that I know is true, but. 
I've heard a lot of stuff out of that club, and some of it has been proven to be true. Some of it may or may not be true. But mm. the fact that there's so many leaks out of the place is, is yeah, very concerning. Big issue. Yeah. Big issue. You want, you want to be tight-knit within your club and have everything sewed up. You don't want that kind of stuff. Yeah. Getting on the out. That's both our peanuts of the years. Our best buyer. I don't think this is much of an argument. Jamie Soward. Yep, Soward. And I had Pete's as my notable mention. Yeah. I, he would have been well, I think close he, to him. I think he ever up to Whittock too. Whittock was good. Whittock leaves the storm. I had massive question marks. Obviously, people might say it's a bit of a blight of me just going, oh, you've left Melbourne, you're in trouble. But he was huge for them. He was good. Take him out, they'd be close to the Spooners, I reckon. There was a lot of points and a lot of good that come from him going to play. Yeah. Um, there were some other good buyers, not quite the best buyers, but Paul Carter, he was good. Marty Tapao was good for the first half of the year until things hit the wall. Yeah. Um, but yeah, some good buyers. Worst buy. But I had Blake Ashford just for the, the fact that I thought... Cronulla were in desperate need of a centre. Uh, they obviously had a forgettable year, the Sharks, but just was. Well, I had to, had to name someone. I thought Ashford had a fairly ordinary year, and I think he'd be the first to admit that. Defensively, he was he was very very poor, made a lot of errors. But again, you know, when you got you don't have stable halves combinations or hookers, and you know you got the Asada stuff going on. You got players in and out. They had a lot of injuries. I think the biggest changing thing, coach. You got to look at where he was a couple of years ago. He was a potential rep player, and then you watched him defend. Well, I think he was he was the most underrated centre in the comp. He was, and then you look, three you look at him this year, and, and where, where how far he's fallen is pretty bad. But yeah, uh, maybe mine, again it might be a confidence thing. Yeah, well, mine might be the most obvious. Um, some might disagree because he wasn't too bad at the back end of the year, but I'm still. Still have to go there. It's Ben Barber. He's on. Oh, you've blown it up. You're mate. on a rampage. He's on a massive payday. That's more what I'm looking at. Effect for what what you're expected of. He was a Dalian medalist two years ago. Uh, he lobbied last year for this. This was the big change he needed. He needed to go home. Needed to be with his, around his missus and kids, and everything was going to be better. And we didn't even get a glimpse. I think really until the back end of the year. And even still in that circumstance, like his job at five eight was, you know, a bit of a patch up. It still didn't fix the problem. Helping out Ben Hunt. No. Um, for the potential he's got where he's at and now you hear that Wayne Bennett's pretty much trying to shop him around but he can't get rid of him so uh, he's virtually stuck with him now uh, Josh Hoffman on the other hand you know, he's going to let get him go even though he wants to keep him but he's not going to have any issues offloading Josh Hoffman but the fact of the matter is it's been said like, very loud and proud that ben, they want to get rid of Ben Barber but they're not willing to take the brunt of the pay but then again like, what are no you going to do you replace him with Darius Boyd well that's what's happening so I don't know what else you want me to say but yeah, uh, Benny Barber. Well, it's a Wayne Bennett thing. It's Benny Barber, virtually talent-wise. The other one's Martin Kennedy. So Brisbane strike gold twice. Former 18th man for Queensland went up there. Uh, teammates hated him before they even played a game together. In the preseason, rubbed everyone up the wrong way. Yeah, barely played first grade. Got dropped to Queensland Cup. Come in the back end of the year and tried to fix things up. But Marty Kennedy went up there. Uh, huge rap. Said I'm same kind of deal. Going home. Feel like I'm a Bronco. Should be a Bronco. Own teammates didn't want to buy him. Barry Crocker over here, but a few honourable mentions. Georgie Rose at Melbourne. Didn't like Melbourne after a couple of weeks, probably because they had him in fat camp. Uh, terrible. Lee Mossop. He got so Played about three games. I don't care if he had shoulder surgery, but he said Super League was tough in the NRL. Uh, good on you, champ. He lasted about two games, so high fives all around. Top bloke. And Blake Ashford, like you said, high fives. Poor, mm. poor bugger at the Sharks. Uh, Benny Barber for me, Blake Ashford for you. What about the bargain buy? So the best buy value for money as far as probably what was outlaid. Well, well Remy Casty for me. I thought he was great. But Remy Rooster was off the bench, yeah, considering uh, he'd only played in the Super League um, and came over here, you know, basically on the faith of Trent Robinson, and he was good. Got in, yeah, at the back end, heading home now on a four-year deal with the Catalans again. 
So he's come here, had his taste, proved his worth, and now he's going home on the big money. Really? He's not here next year? No. He had a two-year deal. Uh, I think mainly language is a big struggle. He can't speak English, but he did a good job. And then Catalan coming with a huge four-year offer to go back. So okay. I think Well, Trent, Catalan, they've got bloody Carney and Casti. Mm, well, I think Trent, be good next Trent year. Robinson more might, I think, acknowledge that language barrier and maybe just a bit of homesickness. But he stuck it out. He didn't complain all, at all this year. No, he's good. Solid player. So well deserved. his form. Well, mm, my bargain buyer is Kirizami Orvar. He left Melbourne. Uh, no contract offered, had a little bit of off-field drama, was going to start professional bodybuilding, and that doesn't surprise me because he's a bit of a unit until he got a, a phone call about Christmas time, January. So he was a very late inclusion. They didn't even have enough in there to offer him a, you know, a, a proper top 25 contract, barely anything left in their, their second-tier cap. So he was paid absolute scraps, and now he's a premiership winner. Yeah, well... And you want to talk about getting value for money, he's been great for them. Yeah, it's a great he's been story. a top player, but... Other bargain buyers, you could say for Parramatta, they've already got him locked up. But Manu Mau, you knew nothing about him until he come in and burst onto the scene. Uh, James Roberts, good bargain buy mid-year for the Titans, probably same deal. Oil of a sniffly, uh, you know, sniff of an oily rag. He had a great back end of the year for them. Yeah, he did. And uh, Degois, nothing doing at the Sharks. They lost their hooker, got him over more on the draw of two years. No big money, but I thought he did a really good job to uh, keep the momentum going after Pete's went down. Yeah. But Mau for myself, I mean, not Mau for myself, Orvar for me, and what was yours again? Remy Casti. Remy Casti, the French man, overachieving team. Easy, Panthers, Yeah, move on. Panthers, there's no one even coming close to that, massive no. year for the pennies, but underachieving team, who is your underachieving team of Sharks. 2014? Yeah? Sharks. Really? Well, they made the semi-finals the two previous seasons. Yeah, uh, but like, you can't really see the Todd Carney thing coming and Andrew Fafita getting injured so many times. They underachieved, mate. Then the, Simple as that. They got the wooden spoon. Yeah, the, the wooden Asada spoon. Thing. The wooden. The Asada thing was there last year. Mate, they, be, they had so many injuries, not funny. They got the wooden spoon. They had the mate. debut 11 players. Underachieving. Wow. Well, I'm going to go a real underachiever, the New Zealand Warriors. What, so you're saying the Sharks aren't a real underachiever? Not, not compared to the Warriors, you're kidding. They still had all those circumstances and a million injuries. The Warriors had their the team. The Warriors had their coach sacked after... Who cares? Four weeks. They wanted him gone. They got rid of him nice and early. They had stability for the whole year. The Sharks had three coaches. They, almost made, they almost made the eight. The Sharks had three coaches, buddy. That's right. They're underachieving. Yeah. The whole club's a rabble. The whole club's a rabble. Well, I'm going underachieving for what they should have been. The Warriors should have been in the eight. It's the only thing I agreed on Buzz Rothfield all year. Yeah, well, Buzz Rothfield. The Sharks needed the old broom through. No, nah, New Zealand Warriors. Yeah, even bloody... You know, Mad Monday having the booby girl out there. Like, they just... Anything they could dick up this year, they dicked up. Tops. I can't know. Well, there was no top. It was gone. There was no tops. No tops all around. New Zealand Warriors. Simple. Yeah. Big buy for Tompkins. That's easy, that one. All the key... Oh, they should be there. They do it every year. Don't care. Gonna slam. They do it every year, mate. Gonna slam every year until they get back into the You act like you're surprised. I am surprised. Please. They fell apart again. It just shouldn't happen. Something needs to change over there. It's not underachieving, it's just the norm. And they've won the 20s again, so they've got talent to burn. They've got a million blokes in their side. They they should be in the 8. They should be in banks pretty much near the top four every single year. Yeah, but they're not. And every year it's the same thing, so I don't know how it's underachieving. It is. For what's there? Highlight of the season. Uh, I had two. I had obviously New South Wales winning the Origin. I had Origin as my highlight last year, but the Origin, it's the best three games of the year. They're the most physical, it's the most brutal. It's the most hyped up. Whether you, you know, a grand final doesn't reach the same level as an origin, from from my opinion. Uh, and the other is just having an involvement at the Panthers and finally seeing them get some fruit for all the hard work, recruitment uh, that goes on there. And it's a great club, and I think you're only going to see better things from the Panthers in the future. Mm. 
well, my highlight of the season was the amount of close games. I think it was something like 17 points, uh, 17 wins by one point. Super unpredictable year, very close ladder. Uh, just some games that spring to mind, that Storm Dragons, buzzer beat, even though, you know, in the end we found out there was a millisecond or a pubic hair in the fact that the buzzer went compared to the play of the ball. Manly Penrith at Brookvale. Uh, the Storm Manly, two, both their games went to one point. The semi-final series as well. Manly Bulldogs, one-pointer. Cowboys Roosters, one-pointer. There was just some absolute cracker games during the year. Yeah, there was, 100%. And, uh, yeah, I, I thought it was a pretty good year as far as football goes, but low light of the season, unfortunately. Can we say uh, back-to-back C-grade? That was a bit of a highlight of the year. Well, you can add that as another highlight. Yeah. Two titles. Uh, low light, just the standard of club footy and the scheduling during Origin. Mm. It's horrendous, and it gets overlooked this time of the year. We we always blow up about it during the middle of the season. Gets to now, we're all like, oh, it's great, grand final, finals, yay, 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 and then we forget about it. It needs to be addressed. Mm. It sure does. Something needs to change. There's no doubt about it. Uh, mine's just the Asada thing again. Just dragged oh, on. Stop it, mate. It just didn't go away. You said that word, Panda. I don't care. It didn't you go. It didn't go away. They dragged it all the way out. I've been blowing every time I brought it up. You know, I get very touchy and just oh. snap it and blow up. Hey, I think you're on the peptides. They, they say it affects people's mood. Fucking te- peptides, cross. If I was on the peps, I'd probably still be able to play. <laughs> but, um, they just can't. Yeah, you know, I just couldn't believe it. They could not get their shit together. No, couldn't no. make a decision. They dragged it through. And then water come through at the end and just go. Well, it's so far gone now that we're not worried about well, it. Well, it's just yeah. We'll let the short ends. We'll okay, just, no more. That, that, There's been enough, enough air time for a starter on this bloody no, podcast. Listen, no, that's how you know it was a shambles. Oh. The world the world agency went, you know what, this has been so poorly handled. Arthur's not talking to Martha. That we don't even want to it touch was, the It issue. was horrendously handled. Yeah. And probably the other one... It was one, interesting that Paul Gallum was at the grand final on the weekend. We saw yeah, Paul he was right next to final. us. Justin Hodges was slamming beers in as well. Good on him. Good on him, Justin. He had a top time, but... Uh, the other one I want to bring up, this is something that obviously none of us want to see as rugby, uh, as league players or anywhere. Yeah, Alex McKinnon. Was the McKinnon tackle. Yeah, that, I, don't, I didn't want to bring it up because it's... Nah, but... Yeah, I know. You don't want to bring it, want it up, bring but it up. honestly, it's one of, the, one of those things that as a former, like, you get injured or you you can't play anymore and you feel a little bit bad and you go, oh, that sucks. Oh, you then you look at a circumstance like that and the way it happened and you just go, well, crap. I well, and, and the highlight, obviously, is the day when he came back and, oh, against mate, the Titans. That the was fact awesome. That, and a low light is the way that Newcastle played that day. Yeah, that was, that was bad. Hor- I was, I'm obviously a Titan supporter, and I felt bad yeah. winning that winning that game. You know, well, yeah, I think the, the high to come out of it. Uh, well, oh, someone nice. someone's trying to wrap themselves around a pole here <laughs> in uh, sunny old Penrith, but I think the highlight to come out of that, the, the awareness that was raised, the over a million dollars, his positive attitude, uh, he's kept plugging away he was there during the year a couple of times so that, that was a tear-jerking moment as well when he was there but yeah. he's got engaged he's moving on he's, he's working on things you know he, he hung out with that Curtis Landers that we saw that the, the kid that had the well, he's up. one in a million thing they were talking about he, he's on the move and then there was another girl in hostel this was the highlight for me gave her uh, the cabbage he gave her the money they were saying that she, you know she had similar circumstances she obviously didn't have people giving her one million dollars so he took the money from the interview that Channel 9 wanted and said, I only do it if you pass it on to her to help her So out, why so. didn't you just can the Asada stuff and have this as you... It's a low light that's it, a it high light. a low, then a high. That's what I've got. But well, I'm finishing on the positive. Jam stuff. the bloody low light. So you brought it back up. Jam That's why I just mopped out of the top of it. Nice. That's good. You just ruined it. It's good. I like it. All right. You ruined it, all right? Yeah, right. Yeah. All right. We'll try the... We both have the same one. G.I. First, the Broncos. Against the Broncos. The freaky try scored. Just dusting every single player on and the he, field. I'll tell you what, he almost scored one on the weekend. 
was, if he didn't slip over, he was he was going to score. He and it would have been one of the great grand final tries. It was, it was in a similar sideline. He was running down to the 07 grand final. And they, it's like, no one wanted to tackle him. It's like, boys, don't tackle GI unless you've got three blokes there to try and do it. Because they were like herding him into a big pack. You and know, then they you sort know of what someone should do, just slide tackle him. Just go in double foot and just take him yeah, down. right. <laughs> hey, at least they have a problem. All right, move on. They should have dedicated a bench player just to take GI out if they wanted a chance. Yeah. He ran amok, the big boy. Uh, but try of the year, we're getting very close uh, to the pointy awards. Our last award to give out before we do our coach, team of the year, and player of the year is the game of the year. So what was your favourite game? Had, uh, well, it wasn't my favourite game, but I think it was the best, most exciting game of the year. It was Penrith's loss to Manly at Brookvale Oval when... Wow, well, yeah, what a turnaround that crazy, was. Crazy, crazy game. Uh, very entertaining. I thought the Panthers played brilliantly for 60 minutes, and Manly, that's Manly at their best. Absolutely crazy, unpredictable, uh, and to win the game... The way they did on the on the buzzer, incredible. Yeah, it was pretty huge. My game, uh, I had a few that I mentioned earlier, obviously, in all those tight games. But the one for me was the Roosters versus Cowboys semi final. Uh, I was sitting there at a bar in the city, uh, you know, got was sitting there just laughing after about twenty minutes, going, "Oh, this game, this is going to be an absolute bloodbath." The turnaround was awesome. Yeah, the amount of points that were scored was ridiculous. The game itself was just a cracker. Then the Maloney sneaky field goal. And the controversy again at the end, it just left me wanting more. So uh, the Roosters, they've gotten there twice. They, they were my game of the year last year against me in the semi-final. So them and finals football seem to have a nice correlation. Yeah. But uh, looking at that, we're through all the child's play, all our awards. So now we're going to be naming both our teams of the year, 1-17, to 17, our coach of the year, and then the fifth and last, the fifth player of the year. So first of all, I think we should name our coach. And this was a very easy choice for both of us. Coach of the year, Ivan Cleary. I had Michael Maguire. Did you? Yep. Oh, you changed it last minute, on me. I didn't change it. Yeah, you did. Well, I think you could you could put it into two categories. Ivan Cleary is a coach of the year in terms of what he's done with what that he got size players. Yeah, 100, 150%. But I think the fact that Michael Maguire, I think he's, he was under a lot of pressure this year. He made some key decisions. Uh, you know, like we spoke of in regards to... Yeah, well, Merritt, Merritt putting Kiri in, pushing something out wider. Yeah, flushing, just a lot of different little things. I think he, he blew up after uh, their couple of wins. Uh, he all. just demanded perfection I mean, out of them. He was very strong at the start of the year under all the Burgess talk too. I yeah. think he drew the play, pulled him in a line, told him I need you to be, you know, on with footy, nothing else, and I think that worked out very well for him. Yeah. Uh, so I, I sort of had two in the fact that I think Mike McGuire deserves a lot of credit for getting the most out of, you know, obviously one of the best rosters in the comp, but I think Cleary deserves a tremendous amount of credit for getting the most out of... Locked in for your team, Mike McGuire's your coach. Mike McGuire's my coach. Well, Ivan Cleary's my coach. So we've got our coaches of the year for our teams, and now we will start off with our fullback of the year. Uh, I've gone Jared Hayne. Yeah, I'd Hayne. Yeah, I think, you know, people talk about Moylan, he had a good year. I think Michael Morgan, very underrated, and plenty of people are probably going to throw out Greg Inglis, but overall, I think the the solo impact on his team, if Jared Haynes not there, they struggle big time. Yep. And he had a huge year, reps, World Cup, everything uh, for Parramatta. I'd go as far as to say that if Jared Hayne, if Brad Arthur pushes Jared Hayne and plays him in those three games after the Origins, they make the eight. Probably, they only had to have yeah. one more win. Probably, you're probably 100% right, but I, I think they still fell over on their own sword at the they end. Did. Yeah, they, they did, they did, but, but saying to not have the Dalian Player of the Year play in three games, yeah, oh, and still win the medal. But if, he was, if he was injured as he was, I can't blame him though, because if you bust him, 
Yeah. Well, then they don't even have a chance at making the finals. No, I understand that. So that they have But a lot of coaches do bust them. We know yeah. that. They have to manage the workload. So yeah. I, I can't knock Arthur. But now they move on to our wingers. Who are the wingers for you I had, in your uh, team of the year? Alex Johnston and Sammy Radrara. Yep. And little reasoning why? Or any well, I think mention? Alex Johnston clearly, uh, you know, the best rookie, the probably the most, well, the best young, exciting player coming through. And Radrara, same again. He was uh, incredible this year. Yep. Well, more advanced. And I can't believe how big he is. I know I said this earlier in the year oh, on the podcast when it, when they played at Penrith and we were sitting there live. He's a monster, that bloke. Yeah, he's a big human. Uh, it's just good to see Parramatta sort of make some sort of resurgence like they did this year. And it was on the back of guys like Kane and Radrara. Yeah. Well, I, I only left Johnston out purely off. Uh, Oh, well, you know, he's oh, a rookie. Oh, it's not even so much being a rookie, but I'm just going everything that I think he contributed. He does score a lot of tries, but uh, I got Rad Rara as well. But I've gone Mansour. Mansour did miss a couple of games with injury, but my God, no one breaks. I can't, I can't knock that anywhere near as many tackle breaks. No one's more effective in yardage. The bloke's a meat eater, and he can finish when he gets an opportunity. So his all round game is a winger. He'd be close to one of the most complete wingers in the competition. Probably the only thing that needs a little bit of work at times is errors. But I think. Uh, they come mainly off him fighting and tackles so much. He doesn't really just drop the pill cold. It's generally when he's got three or four blokes in and he's fighting for metres. Uh, but he's I seen... want to say that it's this in the most uh, polite way I can. I think I don't think Josh Mansell is a natural footballer. I think he's a little bit uncoordinated. He's just a tremendous athlete. Oh, he's a great athlete. Very powerful, very fast. But he, he probably lacks that little bit of polish in terms of skill. Oh, definitely. But what he lacks in that, he makes if, up. If in, you want to bring in the involvement and, and all those other things, he's tenfold. You'll take you'll take that little drop ball here and there for the fact that what he's going to give you when he's on fire. And ninety percent of the time, he's, he's as good as a forward. He's incredible. as good as a forward. And uh, Rad Rara. Pretty obvious. Improved again. He's still got to work on his defensive reads, but uh, that'll come in time. The scary thing is that bloke is younger than me. Every time I look at him, I think he's like a 30-year-old man. He's like 21, 22 now. It's absolutely ridiculous. But uh, special mention, obviously, must go to Johnston. And I think, I said this earlier to you, I think Manu Vatavai had his best year as well. Manu Vatavai got rid of the errors, was awesome in yardage as well. And I think that's probably his best season he's had in the NRL. So a special mention to him. But, Hard to argue. Uh, mine and man saw Rad Rara. You've obviously gone uh, Rad Rara and Johnson, but centres of the year for your team. I had uh, Dylan Walker, who I think, you know, start of the year I, I was massive in the fact that I could not understand why they were playing him at 5'8". Uh, and Jared Croker. Jared Croker. I think Jared Croker had oh, yeah. an absolutely tremendous season. Yeah, very underrated. Uh, I went Dylan Walker as well, but at the end of the year, Untouchable. Both their centres are tops, him and Kirazami Orvar, but overall impact. Dylan Walker is just a jack-in-the-box. Particularly, probably the biggest thing for me, physically, uh, people weren't really confident on him, but he has that mindset. He's very aggressive. You see the contact when he gets in there. He doesn't take it lightly on a bloke once he gets his hands on him. No. But uh, awesome left and right foot. He's, he's good off both, can find the line. And uh, Steve Maddai, I could not believe that Jamie Lyon got sound of the year. And any Manly fan out there, feel free to hit us up on the page. Surely you'd agree that Steve Maddai was better than Jamie Lyon this year and was probably one of his best seasons he's had. Yeah. He was awesome. He was. Um, you know, he's sure he's got the nerve problems at times and he has the injuries here or there, but he was epic. And he's the same. He's good in yardage. He takes dirty carries. He doesn't shirt the task. Well, maybe that's why we, we might get some people offside every now and then because a lot of the, you know, the pure fans, they love the try, they love the attacking stuff, but you got to look at we're probably everything. a little bit more... Uh, in you know, complementary to pe- what people do at the other end of the field hey, as well. Still, compare Jamie Lyon this year to most centres in the comp. He's not even top five for me this year. Not no, even I close. And uh, I, you know, that's why I get angry when you got journos and people with an agenda. And I'm more than one outlet has agreed with me. I've got no idea how he got centre of the year. It's ridiculous. Yeah. 
Matai had a better year, so Matai and Walker for me, massive rap in the Matai. I thought he had a top year considering the circumstances, but uh, five eight of the year. You've, you've gone Saud, haven't you? I went Saud. Yeah, you've gone Saud. He, he did have a massive year. Well, yeah, he led uh, Penrith to several wins, as you said, and um, you know, for me. I, I couldn't not have him in there, particularly you know, with the fact that Peter Wallace went out and they still made the top four. They beat the Roosters. Incredible field goal he kicked in that game. Uh, I think he totally justified his pay packet and uh, he was a massive reason as to why Penrith had such such a successful season. But the interesting thing for me now is looking ahead to next year to see whether he can improve on his efforts this year. Yeah, well, I've gone Kieran Foran and I've said this to you a million times before. Uh, if you told me tomorrow I can only keep him or Cherry Evans, I'll keep Foran. Yeah. Uh, I, I like attitude setters, culture setters. I'm not saying that D, uh, DC has upset the apple cart, but obviously there is some underlying problems there. And I think Kieran Foran's a bloke, uh, from a footballing perspective, I'd like to play with Kieran Foran more than anybody. Yeah. He is a nutcase. The bloke has zero care factor for his body. Uh, I haven't seen a half in, oh, God knows how long. since I haven't, I haven't been alive for that long, so I can't compare. But I, don't, I haven't seen anyone dig into the line harder. I haven't seen anyone hit blokes harder for what he is. He's ruthless on kick chase. He chases after you know his own kicks, not just uh, ones that are put in. There's nothing more I could probably say about the bloke. That that word probably sums him up to a T. Ruthless, yeah, in everything that he does. But he's a leader, and uh, they're saying Cherry Evans is going to get a million dollars. But to be honest, I've said this before: if Canberra do somehow get Blake Austin there, and then Sam Williams or someone works out for him, good on you. But otherwise, if they can get Blake Austin there, I'd move him to seven, and I'd be putting the wheels out next year if they want to take a big marquee player and doing whatever I can to move somebody like Kieran Foran. I'm not saying he would leave. There's talk he wants to go to the Bulldogs, but uh, if there's any clubs out there, and another one's probably the Titans, if you've got money and he's off next year, I'd be trying to upset the apple cart. Kieran Foran is a bloke I want my club. Yep. Agreed. But, uh, yeah, I, could, I couldn't speak any higher of Kieran Foran. He's a brilliant player. And he's a Kiwi too, so. Yeah. Good times. But halfback, this is pretty obvious, I think. Yeah. Jonathan, Jonathan Thurston. Thurston. Best, uh, the best season he's had. I, I think his first grade. Oh, I don't know. I think it was a pretty good year. But he's, I think it's he, the best season he's ever had. Looking at a couple of Dally M years, I'd have to look all the way back. But uh, he still played without a nine. You got to say you got to give Morgan a rap too, though. Yeah, Morgan patched up the back big time for them. Uh, Louis was better by the back end of the year, but still things were patchy. But JT, what can you say? The bloke's a, the bloke's a freak. He's Great. an absolute freak. Pulled him back single handedly in that finals game. Yeah, if we're going to go right back to the World Cup, best player at the World Cup, uh, Origin. Origin. Quite... He was a little. He was steady. Uh, in Oregon. You miss Cronk, though. Definitely. You see game three, what, why they stick with that four all the time. People call for GI to go here or put Cherry Evans in here, but I think you saw what what happens when those four are together. Yeah. They and struggled, and then when you put it back to normal, they belted us in game three. They uh, they had massive wins this year. They beat the South, uh, they beat South at ANZ. Mm. Uh, I think they might have been the last side to actually do that. Uh, and they came under huge criticism for the fact that they couldn't win win away from home. So Yeah, well, joint Dalian medalist, huge year. You can't knock him. He, he dragged him towards the finals on his own. He got everyone to rally around him. Yeah. He's a great player, very influential. And but... thought he'd scored the winning try against oh. the Roosters and celebrated. <laughs> uh, you poor bugger. That was tops. Yeah, well, all I can say, I'm going to get ruthless for a sec. Make the top four, for Christ's sake. I've yeah. said that last couple of years. Origin, get... Origin's what kills them. And the origin they always, they always start be... slow. They need to start yeah, better. The origin, they never do. Origin kills them. They always limp the first half of the year then they get on these massive runs and wonder why they run out of petrol yeah. do more work in the year don't start so flat but front row is there who are your props well we both have the same yeah well just double check it was easy Bromwich Jesse Bromwich and James Graham easy there's nothing else to say oh you know give 
honourable mentions to a couple of players, but no one was even close to those two. No. Jesse Bromwich moved into a new planet as far as uh, playing that position goes down in Melbourne. He was dominant. Scores, tries, same deal. Got footwork, he's quick, he's got a tip. There's not much that you can't say he doesn't have in his game. And then you look at James Graham and all those qualities we spoke about as well. Yeah. Ball playing, carries, minutes, ruthless, aggressive, uh, clinical. That you, you could throw out as many words as you want. The bloke probably is the best front row in the world, but I couldn't put uh, Jesse Bromwich too far behind the eight ball if you want to look at the complete package now. He's grown. Well, there's one bloke who I've, I've got just behind them. Matt Scott. Yeah. I'm, I know he's a great player, and you know I've said it a million times, but looking at all, all the attributes and all the skills going on board, I don't think he has a skill set, but you can't question the bloke as a player. He's a weapon. He's an absolute weapon, but same front rowers. What about your hooker? This is probably the same. Yeah, Seguiara. Seguiara. Hands down. And out of all the players I've named so far, he's the first one in my team this year that is a two-time member of my team of the year. Yeah. I had no players from the back line from last year. My halves were different. My props were different. He's the first player I've named in my team that is uh, two years in a row. Yeah. James Seguiara. And I think this is justified as well. No one else had a bigger impact out of nine. He's playing the position differently. He moved into a full-time starter, rightfully so. Scored a ridiculous amount of tries, ridiculous amount of metres. You can't take your eyes off the bloke. He's a constant threat, and I'm scared at the thought next year that they're going to have Appy Coruscant. I've got a feeling they might do the dual system. They, they, do, they do play small ball when they put Docker and a few of these guys on. If him going out the lock, they're going to lose nothing. Those two getting out of dummy half is going to be even better than when they had him in Kingston together. Yeah. So he was epic this year. Massive reason they made a run to the finals, along with uh, Matty Moylan and Jamie Soud. But back row of the year, this is one uh, a lot of people probably struggle with. Both Scott got I don't know he had a good year for Newcastle as far as the Dallium's, but he's not in my calculations. No, not in mine either. I had Ryan Hoffman and Boyd Cordner. Yep, well, I had Cordner. Well, Ryan Hoffman uh, was an absolute bee's penis away from being... New South Wales Player of the Year. Well, he's equal Player of the Year. Oh, was he? Yeah, in the, him okay. and him yeah, and I got it together. Well, for me, I, I thought he was tremendous in the origin, and I think he's underrated. I think the Warriors have got a real, real player on their hands, and they need someone like Ryan Hoffman. Just He'll stable. steady him up. Yeah, Very stable. You can always rely on Hoffman. Uh, and your other one was Cordner. I went Cordner. Cordner. I, I found it hard. Cordner and Guerra are both good, but obviously Guerra had his suspension and injury concerns. Cordner's just a consistent weapon. And it's yep. hard hard for it to come up, and probably a few people will forget uh, how good of you had last year to compare it, but the bloke week to week is a gun. He's the same deal. He is ruthless. He's consistent. Uh, he runs a beautiful line. He's involved in everything. He's good in yardage, and the bloke can hit a hole. Yeah. Uh, he, he racked up a nice little total of tries again, but my other one, Simon Mannering, when we talk about underrated players, I know he's an international on this and that, but I don't think he gets anywhere near enough credit for what he's done for the Warriors and New Zealand over such a long period of time. No. He's uh, been the captain there for a long time. This was his probably his best year as well. Yeah. He, he racked up uh, nine there in the back row. He had a nice little year. But he's just outstanding. He doesn't make errors. He doesn't, uh, you know, let the little things go. He's always in there. He doesn't shirk the task. And he leads from the front from the Warriors. He's the most consistent player week in, week out. Yeah, I'd agree and, with uh, that. Yeah, I think this year I couldn't believe he didn't even get a mention uh, in regards to that award. But lock of the year for our teams, this is pretty obvious. Sam Burgess. Thousand percent. What do you got to say? Nothing. You know, you know, you got to say, watch the grand final if you haven't watched it, or just watch that game. Watch any game during this year. You'd be, you'd be hard done by to find a game that Sam Burgess doesn't just blow you away. Yeah, I'd agree with that. But moving on to our benches, as this was the biggest difference last year, our benches were completely different. Uh, who's your first bench player? Uh, Matty Scott. Matty Scott. Matty Scott. Yep. Any reasoning? Well, just he's a gun. 
He's a gun. Gun. Not going to give us anything else. Um, look, I, I thought he was tremendous for the Cowboys. I think he, week in, week out, he just does a tremendous job, carts a ball forward. Uh, I couldn't speak of him highly enough. He's just, I think he's, if not one of the uh, most consistent players in the NRL. Mm. Well, my first bench player is Corey Parker. Yeah. Corey Parker. Was uh, that player of the year last year? No, he wasn't. Wasn't he? Cherry Evans was. Sorry, he Cherry was Evans. our rep player of the Sorry, year. Sorry, rep player of the year last year. And he was our lock of the year for the both of us. Yeah. But he's just a gun. It's, there's no no one better at offload in the football, I don't think, either. Yeah. Everywhere. And he's not the biggest bloke. No. They made him play a lot tighter this year. He played a lot more prop. He never shirks the task. Same deal. Meters, ridiculous. Offloads, he does more than anybody. He's a, a you know probably an okay goal kicker. He's not tops at all the times, but there's not much he doesn't do. But more importantly, he's another one of those guys every time I watch the Broncos and think, how good would it be to play with Corey Parker? Mm. The guy is sensational. He okay. never shirks the task. I agree. Uh, week to week, just an absolute gun. But what about your second bench player in your team? With you? uh, ben Hunt. Well, I might as well chuck mine as Ben Hunt as well. Yeah, Ben Hunt. Uh, we spoke about it before. He should have been the halfback of the year. Yep. Uh, well, he was. On yeah, well, ridiculous how that worked out again. Media and having their little chinwag. They favoured Cherry Evans, but all round. Ridiculous amounts of uh, tries for a halfback was light years away of anyone as far as line breaks, running the football, a natural, very old school half, plays off instinct, but he, he pretty much carried Brisbane on his own as far as creativity is concerned. Yeah. That's two on the bench. I've got Hunt and Parker, Brock. You've gone Hunt and, and Scott. Scott. What about your third bench player? Uh, Michael Morgan. Michael Morgan? Yep. Yep. Reasoning? Well... He complimented Jonathan Thurston. I thought he was, uh, for a large part of the season, one of the best fullbacks in the competition. Yep. And a large reason why the Cowboys ended up where they did. Yep. He had a shocker in the semi-final, though. Yeah, unfortunately. Um, but, you know, that was his, he, clearly his worst game of the year. And uh, for the rest of it, he was tremendous, especially considering it was his first full season in first grade. Yeah, 100%. Uh, I went Jake Friend. Uh, you know, again, hard to compare years, but I think he's just become more and more important every single year. If he is healthy, I think he'll definitely be going to the Four Nations and he will feature. Yep. And he is now number two as far as I'm concerned. He's overtaken Robbie Farr. He's just... Big call. Uh, I have no doubt in my mind. Yep. Running, kicking, influence on that team, tackling... Uh, Playing a game with a busted mate. lung. Ridiculous. That bloke is another one like Kieran Foran. If I was putting together a team tomorrow, I'd be putting those kind of players in there, but he'd be one of the first blokes I'd pick. Yep. He's an absolute sensational player. And the turnaround from all the issues he had until this nice little build-up over the last few years has just been outstanding. Yeah. So that's three. Who was your final I'm going to end the Queensland love, and uh, Matty Moylan was the last player on the bench for me. Uh, again, first full season... In first grade, he was absolutely tremendous. He was on the level of Jamie Soward, in my opinion. Uh, very close to getting the fullback of the year spot um, in my team, but oh, in I couldn't. My team. In my team, I couldn't go obviously over Hayne, but Matt Moylan, future superstar, absolutely tremendous season, mm. tremendous. You know, you could you could rattle off. He obviously kicked three or four field goals. He kicked a goal from the sideline to win it against the Bulldogs early in the year. Uh, I think his his footwork. His ability to pass, catch, he's got it all. And uh, Ivan Cleary, he's a bit of a late bloomer, but Ivan Cleary's got big wraps on him and he's seen a real turnaround in his attitude at training and things like that. So well, I think you can only see bigger and better things to come from Matty Moylan. I'm looking at 17 and I had Morgan, Moylan and Widop, but I'm going to go with Widop. Okay. Uh, to me, Gareth Widop, uh, new club, massive move. I, I, I thought he was good at Melbourne. I probably understated his presence. 
just looking at the spine we've had, but what he did on an individual basis there for the Dragons this year, you take Gareth Widop out, they're probably batting for the spurn, to be honest. And I think if you put Gareth Widop in Melbourne, they'd oh, probably make the grand final. They're probably there again, aren't they? So I, I undersold his value. They're back in the MA slowly. I think down. Craig Bellamy might have as well. Oh, they couldn't afford him, though. They mm. couldn't afford what was offered. We didn't have half a million dollars to give him. Yeah. He left for huge coins, so you can't say Melbourne didn't want to keep him. Yeah. They put an offer in, but uh, it's it's it was shown. There's no way we could have kept him. I uh, wish we could have, but he blew me away. Again, he's another one in the Dallium circumstances that was very, very close to the top. And yeah, I think he, I think he had a much better start to the season that, rather than end. Well, I think, again, he's affected by teammates too. Yeah. They, they flattened out big time. There's a few blokes that uh, definitely fell away. Trent Merrin, uh, a couple of injuries, some circumstances changed, coaching changes, but yeah, uh, he definitely proved to me this year that he's a higher quality player and uh, needs to be respected 100%. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, Morgan, Moylan, very, very close. Wanted to put them in, but just couldn't get him in there. But revising that, your team of the year, 1-17. to 17. You want me to revise it? I've just named oh, it. We've just named it. We're I've finished now, so it. we're going to read it out. Oh, mate. He's too busy. He shut his laptop. I've got Hayne, Johnston, Alex Johnston, uh, Radrara, Jared Croker, Dylan Walker, uh, Jamie Soward, Jonathan Thurston, Jesse Bromwich, James Seguiaro, James Graham, uh, Boyd Cordner, Ryan Hoffman, Sam Burgess, and the bench was Scott, Matthew Scott, uh, who else do I have on the Benny bench? Hunt. Benny Hunt, Michael Benny Morgan, Matt and Matt Moylan. My coach was Michael McGuire. Michael McGuire. Well, I had Jared Hayne as my fullback, wingers Josh Mansour and Samit Radrara, the centres Steve Maddai and Dylan Walker, 5'8", foreign. Halfback Jonathan Thurston. My front rowers were Jesse Bromwich and James Graham. Hooker Seguiaro. Back row of Cordner and Mannering. Lock Sam Burgess. And on the bench, I had Hunt, Parker, Widop, and Jake Friend. But yeah. I think my side dusts your side quietly. I don't. Yeah. I think we'd clean you I up. I think there's a few lovers' tiffs in there. You just pick your, the players you love. Mate, I'm surprised so, Joe Rear didn't get a run. You kidding? Me? <laughs> you have a terrible year. Surprised. So who, who's, yeah. who's a lover? Are you you love Jake Friend. That's one guy. So what, I couldn't been? put him. In, I couldn't put him. In. Mate, you're kidding yourself. No. You're an absolute pain if you don't think you had a better year again. No. You're blind. You weren't going to put Cordner in. Name me a better. Well, I couldn't rower. really find another back rower. Mate, he had a better year than a lot Square, of back Square was just as good as Cordner. He just played no, less he games. Yeah, he was. He wasn't as good. He wasn't even close. Oh. You've got Penrith love. Never got Penrith love. Moylan in there. Morgan had a bit. Moylan, oh please, he did. Matty Moylan was. He kicked incredible. a couple of winning field goals. Thumbs up. Righto. Well, where did they finish and where did the Cowboys finish? So what? Just Morgan, mate. Champ. Morgan's not a fullback. Just saying, champ. Morgan well, he is a fullback. He is now. Yeah, he's a fullback. He learned his trade on the what run. He did a bloody good job. But uh, that wraps up teams of the year, player of the year. Last year it was Daly Cherry Evans for twenty. 13, no surprises here, no big build-up needed, no pre-music. The 2014 fifth and last player of the year, the fifths, is Jonathan Thurston. Easily. Easily. Sam Burgess, not too far away, uh, particularly what happened in the final series. But again, you look at the finals, Jonathan Thurston went one. He, he tore that game apart. He he picked them up at the end there when they slowed down a bit. He was chasing down kicks, running behind the line, just refused to give up on that game against the Broncos. And then in that Roosters game, he single-handedly led that comeback. Um, you know, Sam Burgess probably overall played a massive Sam role. Sam Burgess was the best player in the finals. Easily. But Jonathan Thurston was very good. But overall influence on the year, you take JT out. I, 
no knock on Jared Hayne. I can't believe that he, he ended up joint with Thurston on points. Mate, the three pointers got in there. The three pointers got in there. How they judged that he got two points in that last game. He scored those two tries late. He did nothing all game. He yeah. grabbed two late tries. He, his influence on the game was not worth two points in that. Yeah. And I was very surprised that Thurston didn't get more points in the last couple of games. But again, uh, to the judges that do it, there is some bias, 100%. Yeah. in some of the voting. They've got Jared Hayne uh, up there with him. He had an awesome year, but I, I thought it should have been probably two or three votes in the favour of Jonathan Thurston. Yeah. But that wraps us up. That's all our awards. You've heard everything there. Uh, obviously, our teams of the year, few small differences, 1-17. to 17. Our coaches of the year are different, Ivan Cleary, Michael McGuire. But the player of the year, the big gong for the fifth award show, Jonathan Thurston. So two years in a row, we've given it to two Queenslanders, and they're both halves. Chair Evans, 2013. Thurston, 2014. Yeah. Well, I think Cherry Evans deserved it last year. I'd... Oh, he did? Yeah. So what? Bloody Queenslanders. Come on, New South Wales. Oh. Do something for us. Give us something yeah, to well, talk about. Let's hope. Let's hope next year. Well, we're going to chuck up on the page to get your team of the year. You won to 17. Uh, even some of these other categories. We might chuck them up there for a bit of a laugh, see what you think. But that wraps us up for our grand final recap and the fifths for 2014. We will have one more podcast for this year, which will be next week, either on Wednesday or Thursday. We will do our season review, heading through all 16 teams, four at a time, and just chucking a break in between. We'll work from the bottom of the ladder to the top of the ladder, breaking down their season, uh, what went right, what went wrong, what's incoming for next year, and moving forward. And we'll also do a 15-second preview of the four nations, nations because yeah. if the players don't care about it, then neither do I, because no. they're all pulling out. Well, mate, there's a lot of Kiwis that are pulled out now. Uh, A million Aussies are pulled out. Samoa's still waiting to see who plays for the Kiwis. And England, well, they've lost Sam Burgess, so I'm not really interested in England. I just want to see James Graham take someone out with his head. More importantly, though, for us, and we've said this, we may not be too interested as far as the players are concerned. At least we get to watch a couple more games of footy. True that. But next week, last podcast of 2014 for the fifth and last, it will be our season reviews. So stay tuned for that one. But for now, enjoy your week. But don't enjoy your rugby league because there's none on. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.